I became an attorney and I became an advocate. I became like the voice on behalf of others. And I became, you know, best lawyer in America by US News. And I had all these accolades and I had this massive practice representing billionaires, celebrities, the whole thing. Then I merged my practice with these other guys and I, I wanted to do entrepreneurial things. So I get into this business with this woman who turned out to be a covert passive-aggressive narcissist. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. Have you ever dealt with a narcissist, someone toxic, taking control of your life? Maybe you haven't, but maybe just maybe you know somebody that has. Today, I am joined by Rebecca Zhang. She is epic. This woman has been deemed one of the top attorneys in the nation. She has countless awards. She has authored many books. And what I love about her is how she even started this whole career as a as a single mother of three. She was a college dropout, went back to law school, and she has made her way. And now today on the show, we are talking all about Slaying the Bully, her new book that drops so, so soon. You're going to want to get it because chances are either you know a narcissist, you've dealt with one, or someone you love has. Rebecca, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh. I, I love your story, too. You've got a good one. Thank you. Thank you. What on earth made you write a book about this? Because I've dealt with bullies. I've dealt with narcissists. I've dealt with toxic people, as we all have. Yeah. So, I mean, it, this is so timely because I've been clean for a while. You live the clean life. And then I did a business deal with someone who ended up being insanely narcissistic, but I didn't understand or know when I was in it that that was the character trait that this person had. Mm -hmm. And when I came out of it, you know, we all analyzed my whole team. We're like, hey, she's narcissist. She's narcissist. Nar nar and I was like, oh my God, how did I not see that? It's like I was stuck in it. Yeah. It's interesting because I literally just read my book again because I re was recording the audio version of my book last week. And so I was reliving the whole thing again. And how it kind of came about was so interesting to me. I had been bullied as a kid for being Asian. Mm. And I felt voiceless as a kid. I remember sitting on the playground, eight, nine, 10 years old, and, you know, kids would come up to me, ching chong, they would hold their eyes back, slanty eyes, you know, that sort of thing. And I remember just not saying anything at all, like nothing. And in those days, it's not like, oh, parents would march in to the school and, oh, what are you doing? You know, my parents were working. We were latchkey kids. I mean, that was not the days of, of that, like nowadays, mm -hmm. right? And so I just felt voiceless as a kid. And I think that I grew up, I became an attorney and I became an advocate. I became like the voice on behalf of others. And I became, you know, best lawyer in America by US News. And I had all these accolades and I had this massive practice and representing billionaires, celebrities, the whole thing. Then I merged my practice with these other guys and I, I wanted to do entrepreneurial things. Mm -hmm. So I get into this business with this woman who turned out to be a covert passive aggressive narcissist. And all of the sudden she's doing these things that are 
causing me to feel like, you know, not good about myself. And I'm not sticking up for myself in this relationship. Uh. And, and I'm all this, these feelings that I thought were gone from childhood that I thought I had dealt with processed, you know, were coming back up, uh-huh. boiling back up inside me. And I found myself sort of obsessed with, you know, what is she doing? What's happening? And and feeling isolated and feeling insecure and feeling, yeah. you know, sort of traumatized again. And this is only like four, four years ago. Oh my God. And I thought, what is happening here? And then I had this sort of aha moment where I was on vacation with my family. I mean, I literally was like traumatized, you know. And Did you feel like you're trying to like please her or like were you walking on eggshells? All of that. Like you questioned yourself? All of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. Couldn't sleep, you know, and couldn't eat, you know, the whole thing. Voiceless again, voiceless again. And so I'm on my knees, you know, like literally brought me to my knees. And and so I, and I had built a multi-million dollar practice, this whole thing. So I go on vacation with my family to Maui and I'm at the top of Mount Haleakala. It's so beautiful, wow. sunrise, wow. gorgeous. I don't know if you've ever done this. Right. And I'm there with my husband and my daughter. My daughter's 17 at the time. And, she, and she's like, mom, it's gorgeous. So stunning. And I said, yeah, it is. And all I could think about was this narcissist. And I thought, I had this aha moment. I thought, no, 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 no. You do not get to be here. You do not get to be here on heaven on earth. Right. And in that moment, I had this realization that every moment I gave this person, I was allowing myself to be a victim. Mm. And so the person that walked up that mountain was not the same person who walked down. Oh, my gosh. I straight up have the chills. You literally had an awakening moment, made a decision. Made a decision. And I thought, I am getting out of this relationship every moment that is a, a, a victim mode. I am not in creation mode. And I'm literally like not in serving God. Like, right. Like God wants us to serve the highest level of our soul. That's right. And be in creation mode. Yeah. And I, I have to get out of this. And so I decided I'm going to finish my negotiation book, Negotiate Like You Matter. Uh-huh. And I'm getting out of this relationship. And so I walked down that mountain and I went, uh, we got home from vacation. I told her I'm getting out. I don't want to be in this partnership anymore. And of course she was not happy, but I finished my negotiation book. I put it out for endorsements. One of the people I sent it out to was Robert Shapiro. I didn't even know him. Uh He immediately emails me back and says, call me. I'm like, um, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I called him uh-huh. and he said he offers to write the foreword. Wow. Like magic starts happening because I was in creation mode. Uh-huh. And then somebody says to me, she was a covert passive aggressive narcissist. I was like, what? what is that? Yeah, no kidding. What's that? What is that? So I started reading all these books on narcissism, and I was like, oh, my God, this is what this person was. I didn't even know women could be narcissists. This is how, like, ignorant I was at this time. And at the time, I'm still practicing law, and so I started applying what I was learning about narcissism to what I already knew about negotiation, which was a hell of a lot at the time. And (laughs) it's like I I started, you know, 
seeing it was like penicillin. I was like, oh my God, I discovered penicillin. Totally. I started seeing like movement in my cases. Mm -hmm. And it was like this whole confluence of events because at the same time, I was following Russell Brunson, I was learning about funnels, and I was teaching myself the YouTube algorithm, mm. how to do SEO and YouTube, the whole thing. So I started doing these videos on negotiation in general in the fall of 2019. Okay. And then in, the, in January of 2020, I did one video on how to negotiate with a narcissist. All of a sudden, I get like 800 views on one video. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I think I'm on to something. All the other videos were like 30 views, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought, okay, this is the thing. I'm going to do a course on this. And I came up with SLAY as the acronym, which was Strategy, Leverage, Anticipate, and You. Okay. And I thought I'm going to, uh, you know, have this go live on, and launch it in March because, and I picked March 11th as the date. I just, you know, picked a date on the calendar. I have no idea what's going to be happening in the world at this point. I just thought, okay, here's the filming schedule. You know, I pick a date. And I went, I had 300 subscribers on YouTube at this point, right? Yeah. And then I go live March 11th with Three must-have secrets to communicating with a narcissist. That's the name of the webinar. It leads to purchasing this course, slay your negotiation with a narcissist for $500. And here we are sitting three and a half years later. I've now sold about 10,000 of those courses. It's an evergreen oh webinar. I have 40 million views on YouTube now. Oh. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's my life is totally different. I now have a certification program for master high conflict um, negotiation. Coaches. Oh my gosh, so you cracked the code. I mean, really, yes. it's like I love this because you were trying and you were adding value in so many ways, but you literally hit that that white space, if you will, where there's not a lot of stuff on it. And it's like clearly why like people need it. They need guidance on it. And why do you think there is so many crazy people out there? That I can't answer. Uh. Why there is, I don't know. But, you know, I think that I, kn I know that there are. Yeah. I mean, I know in doing my research th for this book yeah. that's coming out that it's up to 15% of the population either has a personality disorder that that lacks empathy or, or that that's either has narcissistic personality disorder or a personality disorder that lacks empathy. Sheesh. So 15%? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and that and that's just what we can measure. Now, these are not people that, you know, go into a doctor's office and say, "Hey, measure me." Right. You know, so it's probably more and if each one of those people emotionally abuses just three people in their lifetimes, we're talking about up to 158 million Americans or 3.4 billion people on the planet. So that's a lot of people. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. oh my God. Okay, I want to back it up. So you're so you're on the top of the mountain. You, I, I call this slowing down to speed up in life, and I call it the power of the pause because our lives can be so chaotic and it's like, just freaking like slow down, uh, you know, leave your environment. And so clearly this is what you did. You left your environment, you got quiet. And then you had that, you had the time and space to go, what in the actual F is going on in my life? And yeah. it was like da -da 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 -da, epiphany. Like I'm working with someone who's extremely toxic why am I allowing this? Yeah. And you made that decision right then and there. Yeah. And by the way, I love the fact that you're using the word decision because the the root of the word decide is actually side. It's to kill. It's to cut off. Ah. It's like cutting off any other possibilities. It's moving forward. It's, this is, and the universe lines up for you and just decide, like yeah. it helps you go yeah. in that other direction. This deeply, it deeply resonates because when I was growing up, 
my mom had an abusive man live with us for a long time, like over a decade. Mm. And it was like, oh, we're scared of him. And then, I mean, literally like bloody blood, like I'm talking like hospital, I'm talking like atrocious. Mm, gosh. But there was a moment where she just decided. And it was like, wow. It's like the fog had been lifted mm-hmm. and all of his stuff was on the lawn. And it was like, she cut the cord. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's people listening right now that they're like, oh my God, I need to make a decision. Yeah. And, and like when you decide, you cut off, you kill it. It's like, that's it. And, and literally it's like, the universe just lines up behind you and just makes it happen for you. Makes it happen. Yeah. It is It is so true. Yeah. Because when I decided to cut off a, a person I was working with as well, it was like, it was like my spouse was right there with me and he was like, you know, let's go, babe. Like no more. Right. And everybody else was like, it's like the, it's like it did it, everything aligned to support right. me on that mission. And, and just look at my life since then, since yeah. I made that decision. It's so different. It, yeah. it, everything has happened for me since then. So cool. What's the definition of a narcissist or what's a good Yeah. One? I'm sure there's plenty. Well, I like to use like a lay person definition because I, I think it's easier for people to understand this way. And that is a person who feels totally and completely empty inside, you know, and so they, the reason why they don't have empathy is because they just are they have so much pain and shame inside of them. And so they're looking to fill that emptiness, which is like a black hole in a sieve that can never be filled through external sources all the time. And so, you know, if you're there in relationship with them, you might want to try to fill that hole for them and they want you to fill it too. And that's why you're left feeling totally and completely empty at but yet they're still starving. It's like scarcity to the utmost extreme. That's right. You know? Whoa. Yeah. What's a covert or what? what's the definition? You said there's a couple different types. Right. It's a covert narcissist or an overt or grandiose narcissist. So the grandiose is the kind that most people I think think of when they think of narcissists. It's the kind that goes around bragging and b- boastful and tells everybody how great they are, very grand. You know, I want the best table in the restaurant. I, you know, here's this big display of, of everything. And, you know, they hold court wherever they go. And, you know, I'm the best at this or the best at that. But, you know, it's the covert is more passive aggressive. So they're the ones that seem really nice on the outside. They they could be humanitarians. They could be pastors. Oh they God, could be, so right. and, and they're the ones that that have like plausible deniability. Uh-huh. Like oh, they inadvertently leave you off an email chain, and oh, I did I do that? Oh, I'm so I meant to to do that, you know. Or they 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 couch their um, the way they do things like in care, like. Oh, I'm so concerned about Susie and uh-huh. her drinking. Oh, you know, uh-huh. they couch it in care, but they're actually really just talking crap about somebody. Yep. You know, yep. but they make it seem like they're super caring. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, so they're like a con artist. Right. So they, everybody thinks they're so wonderful, but they're actually awful people. And, you know, so to me, the covert narcissists are the worst. The worst. Because everybody thinks they're so nice, but they, you know, when you're dealing with them as a business partner Mm -hmm. or as a person in relationship with them, that it's awful. It's awful. What are some red flags? So the red flags are that they start off amazing, you know? Oh my God. Yes. It's every, the way you're describing, I'm just having like a moment because I'm processing this like all right now and it could not be more true. They're, it's like they're an actor. Yeah. They are literally like, they know what you want to say, what you want to hear. Yes. And if they're trying to work with you, do a deal with you, whatever, they will fluff it up. They will puff up your feathers. They will put you on a pedestal. They will 
I mean, they will do the deal. Well, because they, they use mirror neurons to, to become exactly what you want. They're extremely skilled at that. It's a survive, survival skill that they learned early on in childhood to become exactly what you want. They're very charming, highly skilled at that. So they know how to work their way into you as quickly as possible. And they lock you in at that next level as quickly as possible. And even if you see red flags at the beginning, which a lot of times you do, they know how to bat them away. They know what to say about it because I know I did. A hundred percent. I saw them and, and she was like, she would have an explanation or a thing about it right away. And, and so even though I knew and I kind of felt it in my gut, I, I ignored my own gut on it. Same. And oh my gosh, Rebecca, same. Yeah. Like my little antennas went up. Mm-hmm. And like we're highly intuitive women. Yes. Like we're heart-centered women. Yes. My antennas went up. It's almost like she could read that my antennas was going up. So she was covering it as fast as she right. could milking it, like making it better. Mm -hmm. Just, it's like a leech. Oh, a leech is the exact word that I used to use. The exact word I used to use. And once, so you made it, you said something in here where it's like, they're trying to like, almost like get you. So it's almost like you meet an acquaintance, you're whatever at the restaurant, at the bar. And it's like, once like you're going to go to coffee the next day or, you know, build the relationship, go on a walk, it's like they want to get in the zone. They want to get locked in. Locked in. And so they're milking it, milking it, milking it until they can get locked. But once they they latch on. Then it changes almost immediately. 100%. Almost immediately. How does it change? Well, all of a sudden, they're not emailing you all the time right away. Their mood changes right away. You know, where did they go? They're not so excited anymore. They're not doing the things that they said they were going to do. You know, in my case, this person promised they had all all of these amazing contacts. None of them materialized. You know, this person said that they were going to be, you know, working on certain things, didn't do it. They talk. Yes. They literally talk such a big game. Right. And then, you know, in my case, I'm a doer. I, you know, and so I ended up doing everything and then they're taking credit for your work and, you know, you end up seeing them lying. Stories aren't adding up. Things are happening and and they're trying to like isolate you, you know, make it seem like they're having better friendships, more conversations, things you know, and it's just, it's, it just becomes a nightmare almost like right away. Literal, like, like a living nightmare. Like no matter what you do as well, like they try to make you feel bad. Right. Least, and, yes. Oh yeah. yeah. They're like degrading you, like even like in conversations in front of other people. Oh, you know, oh, what was the name of your book again? I can never remember. Uh-huh. You know, like that sort of thing. It is just like little Jabs. Jabs. It's little jabs. Yes. And it just like, then you, I always say like, if you're with a friend and you get in the car and you feel like you need to take a shower, like you got to cut that ish off right away. Right. Yeah. But it's like the narcissist, they're so clever at it where they, it's like they need the hook to keep you hanging on though. So like what I noticed was I tried to retract because I was like, "Uh uh-uh, you can't play this game with me. Listen, listen, Linda, listen to me. Like I was like, "Mm mm-mm, no, right? And I started to demand respect because that's what I do and who I am. And it's like she saw that like, oh, this is a tough cookie. So then she came sucking even harder. Like she literally was like latching on even harder. Is that like a thing? Well, yeah, it's a push-pull. 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 Yeah. Because what happens is if they see that you're starting to pull away, then they'll start again with the the sort of love bombing and bringing you back in again. Yes. Yeah. Then they start doing some of the things that they're supposed to do again to try to bring you back into the fold again. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And then when you try to cut them off, like... Oh, that's a no-go. I mean, and and what the funny thing is, is it's like after they treat you so badly, 
you know, then, you know, you think, why would I want to stay in relationship with you? Why would I want to? Yeah. You know, I know for me, in, in my particular situation, you know, this person got like lawyers involved in the whole thing. And, and after that whole thing, she was like, oh, here's how we'll settle it. it you know, I'll, I'd be willing to settle it if she would be willing to, you know, stay in, you know, relationship with me in this way or yeah. whatever. And I'd be yeah. like, I was like, I'm literally mind blown right now. Why would I want to even be near you? Yep. Like yep. we're not related. We I didn't sign on to be, you know, in business with you for the rest of my life. Right. Like I can't stand the sight of you. I I I can't stand you. Yeah. Like get the heck away from me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope I never see you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we'll cut you off. Yeah. No. And then I was like, um, I'll send you light, but over there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wish you well, but over there. So what I saw, and, and obviously you know the trends, is like when I was like, nope, goodbye, it was like they went off the rails. Yes. Like it went from like, yes. you know, trying to keep it kosher to like I literally had my phone out and my whole team was just watching the text messages of like this person going psychopaths. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yes, because and, – and, you know, what's interesting to me is this person who I thought had some semblance of being – you know, a, a, a nice-ish, you know, yeah. you know, to, yeah, s watch the, the, the mask whip off. I mean, literally, I was like, that's when we were all like, I mean, literally my whole team, we all watched it and we were like, this, like, they were like, Emily, do you feel better knowing she's psycho? Like, you know what I mean? Because it was, my heart hurt so bad. And we should talk about that because I was... I just love people. And I just felt like I was getting abused, like whipped around. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I lungs? And then went and everyone was telling me, stop, stop, stop. Don't let her back in. And when we watched this go off, I was like, wow, like, wow. It was like everything she was saying. It was like beyond me. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm actually really glad she's going psycho right now because this is like <laughs> case closed block delete situation. Um, but is that like, common for people to go off like that like we even saw her go off on social media like well i mean they go into like a tantrum so let me actually tantrum. explain a little bit about their brain physiology because okay. i think this uh is important for people to hear so how a narcissist is formed is through trauma during childhood and it doesn't happen to everybody. For whatever reason, it only happens to some. I mean, so uh, other people experience trauma in different ways. Uh -huh. But how a narcissist is formed is when, it, you know, during childhood, they're presented in, with traumatic situations over and over again. Their brains, well, well this happens with everybody it, as humans. When we are presented with traumatic situations, we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, right? Yeah. And when that happens, our bodies dump chemicals into, our brains dump chemicals into our bodies, which is adrenaline, cortisol, epinephrine, that yeah. sort of thing, right? When that happens on a regular basis, then it... Um, it causes damage in the brain totally. in the uh, the limbic system part of the brain, and so what happens is what when they grow up, the prefrontal cortex part of the brain continues to develop, but that limbic system part of the brain does not. So it caused arrested development in in them. So what happens is as they get older. And they're presented with certain situations that cause them to be triggered. Whether we think it's rational or reasonable or not is of no import. They do. And, you know, it could be an eye roll. It could be a tone of voice. It could be anything. But it causes them to be triggered. And 
So then that limbic system part of the brain becomes activated again, and that is what's running them. And so it's called narcissistic injury. When that narcissistic injury gets triggered, then they are now, that's what's now in force. And it could be narcissistic rage at that point that comes flying out, but most of the time it's just some sort of, you know, injury, whatever. But when that happens, they literally sometimes don't even remember what took place during that period of time, Uh. but it's what causes them to gaslight, not take responsibility, you know, all of that. And so when you're going to negotiate with them, by the way, you're not negotiating with somebody who's rational or reasonable, that's for right, sure. Right. And it causes them to self-destruct. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is making so much sense now. And I'm sure you're driving, pushing the stroller going, OMG, because I truly tried to negotiate in such a beautiful way filled with integrity, like I do everything in my life, like I do every business deal in my life. And I, for the love, I was like, banging my head against a wall. I'm like, how does this human not see that? Like, it's like they, it's like they weren't smart at all. Like they're just mush brain. Right. Because they're literally not, you become public enemy number one. It's, it's actually a phenomenon called splitting. They, they see things in black and white. You're either for them or against them. And if you're against them, you are, you, you become public enemy number one. Yeah. And so, you know, most people, they sit down and they go, okay, let's come to a resolution. Let's figure out how we can do this in a way that's rational, in a way that's reasonable. And you assume as a rational and reasonable person that that's what you've got going on the other side and you don't. And so one of the things that I have figured out is that, you know, most people call it narcissistic supply, which is what they need to fill their emptiness inside. Uh But I've actually tiered it into two levels, which is diamond level supply and coal level supply. So diamond level supply is how they look to the world. That's that external, you know, layering on of big cars, money, bank accounts, all of that sort of thing, how they look to the world. The coal level supply is actually manipulating people, making them squirm, you know, seeing them sweat, making themselves feel better by pushing other people down. Yep. Right. So here's the thing, what's going on in a negotiation, a lot of times, most people think, oh, they just want to win. Right. That's not necessarily true. That's actually a myth because that only takes into account diamond level supply. It totally discounts and forgets about coal level supply. Uh So that's why they're constantly moving goalposts and constantly because they enjoy the process of making you squirm. It's like a kid with a a, a, a pin with an earthworm. They love that too. And so when you're negotiating with them, the only way to create leverage is to figure out a, a way to threaten a source of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they're getting from jerking you around and then threaten that source of supply. So good. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what are like red flags? Like is is this let me ask you this. Is this is this a red flag like they don't have a lot of people in their life, like close people. Like they seem like a lone wolf in a way. They have a lot of acquaintances. So they, true. They fluff all those people up and they have a facade and they're really good at like just, you know, networking, so to speak, but they don't have any real people in their life. Very, very small amount. Do you see that? Yeah, because, you know, they're not capable of forming true relationships. And they always are talking crap about people in their past lives, right? Yeah, it's always everyone else's fault. Right. Yeah. And And that's another red flag, by the way. You know, their ex-wife was terrible. Their ex-husband was awful. You know, the the stepkids were awful. You know, they always got Yes. They're always a victim to, to everybody in their lives. You know, they had a terrible childhood or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what is slay? Can we dive into slay? 
Right. So strategy is S and with strategy, I would say you have to create a vision. You have to know where you're going. And and this is, you know, where I kind of love sort of the law of attraction and the whole thing anyway, yeah. but you have to have a clear vision. You have to know where you're going because if you don't have a GPS, you're never going to get there. That's right. You have to know where you're going. And once you have that clear vision and you can hold that, it, it's it's going to come to you and you have to like have a system of where you're going to go. You mean like a clear vision of like how I'm going to break up with you kind of thing. Is that what you mean? or No, in your negotiation. Okay. Like a lot of times people, you know. Oh, I see. Okay. Like, you know, it, what is it that you want? Yeah. What is it that you want? If it's a business partnership, for example, that you want to dissolve – do you want to buy the other person out? Do you want them to buy you out? Do you want to dissolve the partnership? What do you want from the, you know, mm-hmm. what is it, where is it that you want to go with this thing? Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of times when I ask people that question, they're like, I just want to expose them. I just want their lies to stop. I just want them to leave me alone. I, you know, they don't, they haven't really stopped to think about what it is that they actually really want. Mm. And that's why they haven't gotten there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just jump in your car and start driving. You got to figure out where it is that you're going. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people just want the person to be gone and out of their life? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But also think about what it is that you want for your life. Yeah. Have a really clear vision about what it is that you want for your life. Yeah. I think that's so important. So important. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the elite version of yourself, What's yeah. what does that look like for yourself? Where do you want to be in six months, a year, two years? You know, because you're not, you're going to get there anyway. You're going to, yeah. you know, hopefully be alive in six months. You're going to hopefully be alive in a year, two years. Be super purposeful about mm-hmm. what it is that you want to create for your life. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like for you? Mm. So, you know, have a strategy around that. Yes. Uh, and then leverage is creating that leverage. Again, how can you threaten a source of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around and then threaten that source of supply? But you can't actually take that away because if you do, then your leverage is gone. And the way that you do that is through documentation, through through notes, journals, uh, through Uh, your um, phone calls through witnesses through, you know, and then you will start to see patterns in that. They always lie. They're, they always, they always take themselves down. Always. Summary of lies and inconsistent statements. You you know, there's always ways that you can take them down. Always. So, you know, you have a text message that says this on August 22nd and an email that says this on September 3rd. Mm -hmm. You know, you put those two things together, that's an inconsistent statement. You know, they'll never believe that you actually put those things together. That's leverage. So, and what are you doing with the leverage? Are you showing them like, yo, I have this on you? Mm Mm-hmm. Or obviously, if, yeah. you, if you have to take it to legal, that's... Take it to legal or take yeah. it to somebody that they don't want to see it. A new source of supply is always is always a good good, good place to start, too. Oh, my God. Okay. You know? So leverage. And leverage. Then- Anticipate what they're going to do and be two steps ahead of them. Different narcissists negotiate in different ways. Covert narcissists ne- negotiate in different ways than grandiose and malignant. They also negotiate differently. The more you can know about who you're dealing with, the better you're going to be. And then also knowing that they're going to try to trigger you. So in the book, I give all kinds of ways to not be triggered. So, you know, I give like little sort of plans, like making a plan stand, you know, for example, make sure you have a plan and a scope before you go meet with them. I give scripts. Oh my I give like 40 different templates for email templates oh and my things gosh. like that. This is so great. This yeah. is so, so great because when you're in it, it is like so hard to know what to say, what to do, how to handle it. Like, if I didn't have my spouse, who's like my ride or die best friend, like he was like doing what you're saying for me because I didn't know how to handle it. I was just like, oh my, I'm so busy. Like I I can't even, this is so effed right now. Yeah. So 
the the fact that you have these resources because you do you literally have you can't just show up to the coffee shop meeting with a freaking covert narcissist right like you have to have a plan right not everybody has a bff to coach them no. with that's highly intellectual exactly you know? <laughs> exactly exactly so i i literally walk them through exactly what to do what to say you know in the book so so that's a and then why is focusing on you your mindset being on the offensive 100 percent of winning is your mindset and you know so i give all kinds of ways to have a strong mindset you and you alone define your value and people will think what you tell them to think mm. you know people will think what you tell them to think oh um so I, I have a great story about that yeah please i was actually you know i had been practicing law for like eight years and then i went and was a financial planner at morgan stanley for like two years and then i went back to being a lawyer and because somebody gave me a law practice and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this law practice. But I was practicing in Naples, Florida, which is a very affluent community. Mm -hmm. And I was so concerned that people were going to think that I was such a flake. And so I had this business coach who I still have, and she's one of my best friends. And I said to her, you know, this is a while back, but I said to her, oh, people are going to think I'm such a flake. You know, she was a lawyer and a financial advisor, and I'm back to being a lawyer. And, you know, and she said, people will think what you tell them to think. She said, you can tell them to think that you're a flake. Or you can tell them to think that you are the only lawyer in town that has a wealth background. So, therefore, you are more qualified than any other family law attorney in town. Which story would you like to tell? Oh, God, that is so juicy. That is so good. She said, people will think what you tell them to think. And so within two years, I was representing Arnold Schwarzenegger's goddaughter, and I traveled with him all over Spain, and I was representing the founder of Melting Pot Restaurants and all, all of these Super high power people who very clearly were going to be hiring a flake, you know. Okay. So, but had I held them, held myself out there and said, "Oh, I'm sorry," right. you know, like that's what people would have seen. Mm -hmm. so, that mindset piece is so so powerful, so important. Oh, uh, and uh, you know, with with mentoring or guiding or working with all these people, like, did you find that they had toxic people in their life, like? Did you see? Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, especially when you get to that level. Right. Everyone's coming at you all the time. And, 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 and the thing is, your life moves fast when you get busy and you're successful. And it's like you need people to have eyes. And I always pray, God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. And now, since I went through the whole thing, I'm like give me a sound mind. Like I'm asking in my, like, like make it known, make it known, make it known. And sometimes, you know, things do pop in and there are lessons and all that stuff. But, you know, praying for that discernment, my gosh, because they can just creep in and you're like, oh my gosh, like this just costed me how much time of my life and energy. And you, you stop creating when you're dealing with toxic people and drama. Yep. Yep. When you are in you know, victim mode, then you are not in create mode. You're not into the getting to the rest of my life mode. You know, you are not doing the things that mm. God put you on this planet to do and That's serving right. the highest level of your soul. That's right. You oh know? my gosh. I'm so like proud of you for doing this work. Like this is like some deep freaking work and your Instagram is so good. Oh, thank like, you. Like it is, I, you know, whenever I have friends dealing with stuff, I just like, like literally share your videos. And I mean, how, how has this been for you? Like really going in this, in this land and really giving a ton of value. What have you seen? What have you learned? Like, mm. yeah. I can tell you that I went from basically hating 90% of my day to literally loving 90% of my day because we get, I, I mean, my COO actually created a testimonials channel in my Slack because we get so many testimonials every single day. And it is so 
humbling, truly, to see these testimonials coming in every single day from people who all day, every day are like, you saved my life, you changed my life, you know, of how the power of that. And my head of sales actually just recently said to me, she said, Rebecca, the the lives that we're saving here aren't just these people. She said, this is generational. Totally. She, and I, that actually literally gave me the chills. Like I actually got so emotional about that because she was like, you're saving their, their children's lives and their children's children. hundred percent. You are hundred percent. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's doing work that matters. Yeah. And, and now with my certification program, Let's you know, talk about that. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I now have my first whole round of coaches that I'm certifying in my master high conflict certification program. Whoa. And I literally love these people that are coming through. It is just the best. I, I, you know, I had 1100 people on the first call. I had 120 people sign up. I mean, it's, it's, and I have another whole round that's already signed up. I, I don't even know how many. So this is like yeah. how someone can have more mentorship to learn how to deal or so how they can coach. They're coaching. Super cool. Yeah. So they're becoming, you know, mini-me's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Which we need more if there's 15% of fricked up yes. people. I mean, God, we need more people out there. Yes. So I don't even know how many are in the program now. I, I just know how many signed up on the first call. We've done two more since then. So it's... I've lost count how many are in the program now already, but I, I literally only launched it on July 11th. Uh, so I'm just so excited about this program. Uh, it's just literally the thing that's giving me like so much excitement it's at this point. so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Where, where do people go for that? Uh, so that they can go to, um, the, the website is high contra, H I C O N T R A. Cause it's high, high conflict training oh, cool. is, is, is what the website is. But, um, if they want to know more about it and just come to a workshop to learn about it, yeah. the next one is I think September 8th and the website for that is, um, and, because we were rolling on we those. We can link it up. We'll, yeah. We'll link it up. The, the website for that is RebeccaZong.com forward slash cert workshop. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, this just came to me. What if someone's in love with a narcissist? You know, that's so hard because, you know, it becomes trauma bonding as oh, well, God. you know, and it's really hard to break that trauma bond. And I yeah. get that. But, you know, I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Because it's it, you really are course correcting. You're starting to right a ship. And it's baby steps, right? So the first step in, in not running is to create a boundary. And if the very first boundary that you're creating is just to say, today, I'm just going to demand that I'm spoken to in a way that's respectful. Mm -hmm. That's a really good boundary to start with. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. just make that decision today, mm -hmm. and and just say, you know, your approach is not working for me, or 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 you know, this is, you know, we can resume this conversation at a time where you can be calm. That that's a great place to yeah. start. And I believe too, like your book, what it's going to do is provide so much awareness and. Even if like you're not dealing with this, I would still recommend buying it and reading it and gifting it because awareness is power, you know? Like, yeah. Do you believe that with this book? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and just giving it to anybody that you know is going through it. I mean, mm -hmm. right now we're offering a, a free masterclass, a free workbook you know, to go along with it because we want people to have access. Mm. So many people, they don't have access to, to legal fees. You know, there's a huge justice gap in this country. And this is literally the only book that that is offering maybe some help with negotiations, right. help with how to deal with it in a real way, a real resource for them. Right. So this may be the only access that they have for that. So 
Super, super cool. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped for this. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really awesome. What are you most excited about right now? I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about my certification program. And then the next thing that I'm actually launching is a, a mastermind for women, for like badass women negotiators, because women do not stand in their power this, for negotiating. You're so right. And so I'm so excited about that. So excited about that. We're going to do an annual massive event, a massive conference and, you know, that's my next, my Not next sure. thing. There's so much yeah. to learn about that. I'm even learning about that now too, with like being a keynote speaker and speaker fees and pay and, and, and brand deals and all the thing and, and even like mentoring people. Like it, it, it's a lot. Like and yeah, and 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 sometimes I'm like I can't keep shoving this off on my publicist or my other people. Like I gotta, I gotta learn how to stand tall and and to be able to do this. Right. You know. So that's what we're we're gonna do. We're gonna have a one major event every year, and then we're gonna have some smaller stuff every single month as well. But that's my next major thing just for, for women, because there's not enough about negotiation for women. There's so. not. And you learn that you're going to crush sales. You're going to be so much better. Like there's so many uh, areas in your life where that'll extract and, and, and just raise up. You know, I get the number one question I ever get from women is how do I raise my confidence? Confidence, uh, being assertive yeah. and, and not worry about, am I looking nice? Am I, you know, right. all of that, you know, because if, you, you know, for women, it's like, you know, we have to be nice, but we can't be bitchy. It's like, oh, there's God. like, there's such this constant I like I thing. And so there's just not enough out there for women like that. So that's the next thing that I'm launching and I'm launching it with, along with the, my actual virtual live event with the book. So, so cool. really, really excited about that. Uh, what do you think your it factor is? Uh, I think it's execution, frankly, just yeah. the fact that I do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. It's amazing. Well, yeah. I'm here for you all the way, however I can be involved. Uh, yeah. Yes, you are such a special soul. And I, I know you, girl. that you is as is, is pissed off as it makes me that you were bullied. It's like the reason it happened is so you could go and, and teach other people. And your perseverance is so inspiring. And just like you're, you're being diligent to the call that's been put on your life. And it is going to create a ripple effect. And knowledge is power. And you are literally giving people tools ah, that are so life changing. And it's, it's even more intimate to me after, like I said, I've lived like, I am so particular who's around me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am very... But that person crept in and I didn't see it. And it's like God's timing. I told Jake, I said, it's God's timing that Rebecca's book is almost, because I knew you were coming out with a book, but it was a while back. And I'm like, I want to have this conversation with Rebecca because even now it's like just, it's more real to me after experiencing it. Yeah. Trauma drama. Get out of here, yo. <laughs> yeah. So thank d you. I always say defend your light with your life. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And with that, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.